Okay. Extreme close up. And here we go. What we are dealing with here is a perfect engine. An eating machine. It's really a miracle of evolution. Are you telling me you built a time machine? What's so funny? I'll, I'll tell you in a minute. First, let's drink. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Yeah. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Extreme Close Up. I'm Brandon. I'm Dennis. And Dennis is going to open us up with a very short and special uh, opening. This is going to be different than anything we've ever done before on the a wonderful podcast. We have a special guest that's going to do a quick interview and opening. Yeah, so this is like, um, this is uh, ECU history because this will be the, the youngest guest we've ever had on our podcast. Uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Um, my name is Chandler and I'm eight and I will be t- talking briefly about Gravity Falls for our opening and extreme close-up. So uh, what what is Gravity Falls? Gravity Falls is a Disney production that is a TV show that I think was made in 2013. And, and what's it about? It is about two kids named um, Dipper and Mabel Pines and their uncle, Stan. And, and what do they do on Gravity Falls? Um, so I would like to talk about the first episode here to huh. um, give a brief explaining about it. Okay, uh, so what what goes on in the first episode? So in the first episode, it'll go, it starts out like um, a <clears throat> a kid. I mean, a dipper is um, narrating like how summer goes, and. Um, it's like a bar, a guy barbecuing a couple other stuff. Maybe I can't remember a picnic. I think, um, and it then what happens is um, they're on a golf cart and they are running from their lives from a um, a big gnome monster that is made of thousands of little gnomes. So how does how, so how does where's where does that come from? Um so it tells you about that first then it um goes to like it says our parents sent us off to a small place in um a small place named Gravity Falls, Oregon. And so their 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 parents sent him away, and do they do they live with uh, it was it Stan is do they live with him? Yes, they do. And what do they what do they do like what what's uh, what does Stan do? He um runs 
a tourist trap of that is called the Mystery Shack, which later you'll find out he actually changed his name to Stan Ford, but that's actually his brother, and his name is really Stan Lee, but you'll find that out in season two in a farther episode. Okay, that sounds really interesting. Is Gravity Falls your favorite show? Um, it's in my top five, I think. What's What's your favorite show? Uh, probably Mighty Meth. You should check that out. It's about two kids who um go to they figure out about a superhero hospital and they work there, but they can't tell anyone about it. That's cool. Did you have fun? Uh, on yes. the on the podcast? Yeah. Okay. Well, hopefully you can come back on. And I'll tell you what, I'm gonna, I'm going to have to check out this Gravity Falls show. I mean, it sounds fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it sounds really interesting. I'll tell you what. I mean, he sold it to me. I mean, yeah. it, yeah. I, I get, do they have that on Disney Plus? Yeah, they they have it on Disney Plus. And and I got to say like um I just want to let the listenership know uh that was that was all off of Chandler's dome like he didn't he didn't read anything like I mean he was he was straight up like a Wikipedia article about gravity falls I yeah I was impressed uh you know I'm always impressed when I when I listen to uh either of of my children uh discuss facts uh they 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 absorb everything uh it's amazing but uh he loves Gravity Falls. He has watched that show over and over and over. And, and I have to tell you, what's interesting about the way that Gravity Falls broke up their seasons is when his older brother was young, like probably his age, that's when the very first episodes of Gravity Falls were originally aired. And I remember I looked, you know, I looked forward to uh, Gravity Falls coming out uh, whenever they would air a new episode because it was just such a fun show to watch. I mean, it was it was really funny. And I'm still surprised that they uh, they did not continue uh, renewing the seasons of Gravity Falls. I mean, it was uh, it was a fun show. Yeah, I think I think I remember listening to a podcast uh, about it. And um, one of the things that I remember was like, I think it's like it might be one of uh, Disney's like top animated shows. Yeah, of all time. Yeah. And so. I won't be surprised if if they don't pull something kind of like um, they did with uh, I don't I don't remember who maybe it was Fox or TBS or who I don't I don't remember who but uh, Family Guy that that show Family Guy I think originally it was only like one one two or three seasons and then it was like what ten years later and they got renewed and I don't know if it's still on or not I ha- I haven't seen the show. Since the very first season, I don't even remember what year that was. It probably was like maybe what two thousand two, two thousand three. Yeah, I think I think Family Guy premiered in like nineteen ninety nine, oh, and wow. then it got okay. canceled after a couple seasons, and then it was like, I want to say it was two or three years later they brought it back. Okay, so yeah, that's how long it's been since I've seen that show. Twenty years. Yeah, that's wow, that's crazy. Time time really flies, but uh, yeah, with Gravity Falls, I won't be surprised if something like that doesn't happen because it uh, it has one of those. It, it, really, it's like one of those cult followings, doesn't it? The show, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, I'm I'm not entirely sure, but I mean, it seems like a lot of a lot of shows are getting a new life um, because of streaming. Because of streaming, and mm-hmm. and one thing that I, I've seen is I think like uh, um, like Batman the animated series and Batman Beyond. 
are uh, are getting some new life. Um, mm. Excuse me, due to streaming. Yeah, you know, I rem- I still remember when uh, back in ninety two, ninety three, whenever it was, uh, Batman the animated series. I remember running home as fast as I could to run and watch uh, the episodes with my grandma. Yeah, it's it's such a good show. It yeah, really is. it's one of the best like interpretations of Batman like ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, and, and the fact that they used the same soundtracks as Tim Burton's um, movies and and, and whatnot, <laughs> yeah. like the nineteen eighty nine Batman's. You know, I mean, it's yeah. But uh, so, can you believe this? We are back for a, for another week. Yeah, yeah. What is what is this like? Uh, I don't even Five know. Weeks Five weeks in a row, yeah, maybe? We're Something. gonna keep the counter going. Man. Uh should we uh, is this where we stop for a commercial break? Um or do we yeah, just how, keep how far into it are we? Oh, uh, we're about eight minutes or so in. Um yeah, I don't know. Let's let's go ahead and stop for one real quick. We'll be right back after these uh messages from our sponsors. And we're back. After these messages, we are back. Yeah, <laughs> I hope you like those sponsors because uh they, they really keep a uh, small percentage of the lights on. Yeah, a small percentage. So, yeah, I hope those are good sponsors because we have no idea who those sponsors are, do yeah, we? Yeah, they just, they just put them in there. They like, just put I them mean, in there. Yeah. But so. you know what? There is hope because you, our listeners, have the opportunity to sponsor an episode. If you want to listen to an episode without any commercials, you can sponsor one now. I think I think they, like, I think they would sponsor all of them. <laughs> like I think, I think I think Patreon works in such a way that like it's a monthly fee. Like, like you can sponsor one. I, I guess if you wanted to send us a, an ad for yourself, like you could. Like I don't know how far it would go, but like it'd be funny if like um, this episode is sponsored by Dennis. <laughs> It's so good. So, well, I guess technically all of our episodes currently are sponsored by Dennis and Brandon. Mm-hmm. So, they are. They are. Yeah. So, so in the, in this this brave new world where movies are no longer released weekly at your local Cineplex, uh, we've been watching old movies, Dennis. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I have to say, I have been pleasantly surprised by these old movies we've been watching. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> It's it's so surprising how many like old movies that we watch that are like an hour and thirty minutes long. <laughs> They're an hour and thirty minutes. The magical number for Dennis. Yeah, that's my magical number. You can go a little bit longer, but like, uh, yeah, I mean, an hour and thirty to an hour and fifty minutes is is a, a pretty good runtime. And you know, you can you can see like um, it never feels too short. Like in my opinion, like I, right. I don't know. I don't know. But um well the movie we're talking about right now, the runtime is only 1 hour 38 minutes and it's another it's another movie from 2009. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> hey, 2009 had some bangers. <laughs> so, um and uh, that make that that reference uh no no pun intended. I was going to say it has some uh, has some bangers cuz it's a it's a British movie. You know, uh, and and I love British film. You you know, I I was looking at um the the amount of movies that I watched that are from Europe the other day and and honestly, probably sixty percent of the movies that I watch are, are are from Europe or they're from Asia. Well, and that, and that's the crazy thing is because I've become, I think I've started to become a little bit more conscious of like what movies I'm buying, and um, some of the movies that I, I've I've been looking into buying more. I believe uh, I'm I'm gonna be tr- I'm gonna try to be more intentional this year. 
about buying movies that were made in, uh, uh, I guess you would call them international or foreign films. I mean, that includes stuff from Europe, uh, Great Britain, um, cause like Brexit went through, um, Asia, uh, Australia, you know, different, I mean, Africa, if, I mean, I've, I've never seen a movie made in Africa. That's crazy. I've seen Indian movies like Bollywood movies are great. I love Bollywood movies, but I, I do want to be more intentional about, uh, about you know, buying movies from uh, other countries um, because they have a lot to offer. And um, America is not the only mov- movie making uh, country. So I think that, um, you know, you miss out if you don't try to expose yourself to uh, movies that were made in uh, other places um, with different worldviews. And, um, you know, I just think that, you know, I would I would have totally missed out on this movie if we didn't see the trailer for it and Brandon bought it and then we watched it. So um, I don't know if we've said the name of the movie yet. No, but, but you know what? Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> How many times have we done that? We're watching a movie and we're like... How do we miss that? Yeah. We just we go to Amazon and hit buy, and then the next time we we, we watch a movie from ten years ago because yeah. we just never knew about it. Yeah. And, we, so uh, this one was a little harder though because so before we say the name of the movie, uh, we did that, and when I started looking for it, this one this movie was out of print. It was already out of print, and so uh, I think we originally it was about a year ago, honestly. I think when we saw the trailer for this and. Um, when I started looking for it, the Blu-rays were about sixty dollars, and um, I was I, personally I was I was about ready to give up, and that's when I found this on eBay for nine dollars. So uh, not only did I find myself a copy for nine dollars, but I also found Dennis a copy for nine dollars. But his I haven't I'm not giving him my copy yet because um, his copy has not arrived yet so, so <laughs> he has to wait for the next trip so I can make sure we both have a copy yeah but but uh, uh, the other copy is supposed to arrive I think next week so so maybe his next trip uh, up he will he will have a copy too but uh, so uh, but I was able to find two copies for nine dollars a piece so I was I was pleasantly surprised about that but the movie's called wild target yeah yeah it's a uh, um... It's a good movie, uh, made in 2009, starring Emily Blunt, Rupert Grint, and Bill Nye. Uh, not the science guy. No, not the science guy. And, yeah, and, and, yeah Rupert, uh, he, uh, this is the, the guy that was in Harry Potter. Yeah, and I believe I believe Bill Nye was also in uh, Harry Potter. In one of them, yeah. yeah. It wasn't in all of them, though, I don't think. I feel like, I feel like every, uh, <laughs> every British person, you could say, ah, the... St- one one of the stars of the Harry Potter movie. Well, yeah, but but this also has Martin Freeman in it too. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> when we saw him, I was like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, Martin Freeman, the, uh, the he was Hobbit in the, guy. He was in the Hobbit. He, he was, was in the Lord of the Rings too, right? Um, no, he wasn't in Lord of the Rings. Oh, just the Hobbit. Yeah, um, I can't remember. I haven't seen. He Lord was. Of the Rings he so was the Hobbit. <laughs> oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, but also Martin Freeman uh, in the. Uh, uh, Cornetto trilogy movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, was he in Shaun of the Dead? I don't think he was in Shaun of the Dead, but he was definitely no, in. No, but Fuzz he was in Hot Fuzz yeah. and uh, The World's End. Yeah, he has, World's he has End. a huge role in The World's End. He has kind of a minor role in uh, Hot Fuzz. Um, yeah, I mean, he he was Watson in the BBC Sherlock. Um, 
and uh, just I mean really good actor um, everybody in, you know in this movie I mean Emily Blunt really great actress we just talked about her and uh, uh, Edge of Tomorrow yeah and and you know what uh, I think before Edge of Tomorrow the last thing that I seen her in or the last two things was Quiet Place and then yeah. Mary Poppins Returns yep. I think um, if, if I'm correct yeah. I still haven't watched Mary Poppins Returns oh it is so good man um, I, so <laughs> one of my sisters She's really into Mary Mary Poppins. Like she went as Mary Poppins for Halloween. Like all the, all the um the other three uh, kids went as um went as like characters from Chronicles of Narnia because they 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 really like those movies. Mm-hmm. But uh, she she decided to go as Mary Poppins, but she like refuses to watch Mary Poppins Returns. Like we showed her the trailer and everything, and she was like, "No, not for me." Like Mary Mary Poppins <laughs> return. So so I was okay. So real quick before we get back to Wild Target, um, you got me off on one of my tangents again. So uh, the original Mary Poppins, I, I love it. Yeah, I it's love. Great. I, I, it's great. I I don't even know how many times. If I had to guess how many times I've seen the original Mary Poppins, I would say at least sixty, maybe seventy times, oh, if wow. not more. Yeah, I I, I love it. Um. And I've seen Mary Poppins Returns, I think, four or five times so far. Uh, I, I don't remember what year it came out, but whatever year it came out, to me, that that's that's quite a few times for a movie that hasn't been out very long, right? Right. Um, and and I really enjoyed it as well. Uh, and I and I thought that Disney, I I really thought that Disney did a, did a great job connecting uh, the two movies together, you know, for 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 a sequel that was so, you know. It, so far apart right oh yeah like it's it's it might be like the, <laughs> the biggest time span between like original movie and like sequel. 50 years or something yeah it's yeah. it's insane like how long you know the they waited to do a sequel it, it, for that one and but but it was really great but but no mary poppins returns i i think that just the, the care that went into it and oh, it, we we need we'll do an episode on you need to watch that and then we'll do an episode on that i'll just leave that alone but, right. but anyway let's, let's get back to wild target so Wild Target is a remake of a French film, actually. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I think it was either in the opening credits or the closing credits. They do uh, show that it was like a remake. Yeah, and uh, so a, f- a few things here. Wild Target is is the um, uh, uh, what is what is what is the I can't think of the the proper word that I'm looking for. But it is everything I love personally about just a, just a good fun movie, just one that that I don't feel like it takes itself too serious. But it is it, it reminds me of what I like about just movies in general. Is it's just I'm gonna see a fun story. I'm gonna see some, you know. I I mean, this is not a movie where you're gonna say I saw the best acting in my life. Let's just be honest, right? Yeah. But but it's where you're like I saw good acting. You know, the I felt like the story progresses very well. Um, the act, the acting, where where it's not the greatest of the greatest, it is. It doesn't take itself too serious. So it's like it's almost purposely hasn't taken itself too serious, right? Yeah, yeah. It's almost like it's it's uh, in on the joke. You know, like right. Um, I mean, it's it's uh, one of the only movies you'll ever see like a. Um, suspenseful car chase uh, where one of the cars is a uh, mini cooper so. <laughs> right <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it, and it just and it is just it is a fun movie but it but it so it's about a con artist who is going well well let me back up so 
it's it's really it, it, it there's two stories in one here if I really think about it is it's about a hitman who has kind of reached the ending of his uh, he, he's in his mid 50s he never settled down he's he's uh, kind of lived the family business so to speak and he's the best of the best at his job but he's never taken the time to really do what he wants to do. It's like he's only done what his family wanted him to do, right? So he has these internal struggles of that. And then there is a uh, young lady who is the best con artist that there is, and she thinks she's happy. She thinks that there's nothing that she's missing in life, and yet she also has this emptiness, but she doesn't know how to fulfill it it's almost like the the cons that she's doing is the way that she's answering that emptiness but she doesn't realize it in the same sense of the hitman realizes that there is this emptiness in his life right right yeah and then it, i mean it's kind of the story about them you know coming together and uh basically i mean in, in a way it also is a uh, like a rom-com too <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right it, it, that's what it's it's kind of interesting right yeah um, yeah, you know, it's, it's a, it's a really fun movie and, um, we can get into it a little bit more, uh, but we're going to go ahead and take a break real quick, uh, for another ad and then we'll be right back. And we're back after these messages. We are right. Back. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, um, the movie kind of opens up in this way, like, um, like you were saying, it's it's these like two stories that like converge into one, uh, where basically like we get to see the um, we get to see how like cold and calculated uh, Bill Nye's character is as an assassin, and um, you know he walks in and he's like, um, you know, he just shoots a guy, and then um, I think he like shoots like two or three guys. Uh, before we even like meet Emily Blunt's character, but he's, he's very like, um, like it's, it's weird to like say like, he's very like calm and collected and, uh, he's very like clinical about his like assassinations. Um, whereas like you can see, uh, the contrast of Emily Blunt's character, um, who like, I think she's doing like the biggest con she's ever done in her life where she's basically getting, uh, 900,000, what what would it be? Pounds, 900,000 pounds for, um, for this fake Rembrandt self portrait. And so she's like, she's got the, the real one and she's got the fake one. And she's like, somehow like her, her case that she keeps it in is, um, it can do a switch or maybe she like turns it one way and it switches um, and you see her like practicing it, like, which, which is really interesting. It's an interesting, like dichotomy between, um, uh, Bill Nye's character who is like very experienced, uh, very like, uh, cold and calculated and her character, which is also experienced, but also she's doing this new thing. Like this is the biggest, you know, con she's ever done before. Mm-hmm. And so she's very nervous and like trying to make sure she gets it exactly right. And, um, and then basically how their stories converge is she pulls off this con and then once she gets away, they realize that like this painting has been faked. And so they hire Bill Nye's character to assassinate her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and then what what's going on is as he is trying to find the the proper time to go ahead and and carry out you know his task, it's almost like by watching the way that she operates, right? Yeah, and and they do this without him actually ever saying it, but like as he's watching her and she's like in his sights at various times, it's it's like he realizes that he he begins to just he he likes her, right? I, yeah. I'm not gonna use the word love, but well, he he well, really he, he likes, likes her. her. Either likes her or like he respects her, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Because at one point he does like when he's watching her, she's like grabbing scarves from people and like uh stealing stuff out of people's pockets and he's watching her and he goes this woman's out of control like, <laughs> yeah. like, but 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 also I but mean, like a makes, fondness develops like yeah but like that that makes sense for his character because like even the other like basically further in the movie he he hasn't killed her yet and he's actually like taking her under his protection mm-hmm and because she she offers to pay him 30,000 pounds to to have her in his protection but um so they send this other hitman after him um because if he won't do the job then they're going to kill her and him and so um that that other hitman is played by uh Martin Freeman and uh Bill Nye's character just like doesn't respect Martin Freeman's character because he thinks he's like um, I forget exactly what he says, but like basically, he's like uh, a knockoff. He, yeah, yeah. You know, essentially, like, like he doesn't he doesn't do things like the proper way. Like, and you can tell like being a hitman or assassin like runs in um, like runs in the family almost like um, it's weird. It's almost like a religion to them or something because mm-hmm. like even the mom, his mom shows up later in the film and. Um, she like is berating him and like almost like shoots him because like he hasn't fulfilled the task that he was supposed to fulfill. And she tells him, she's like, yeah, this is the line, right? Yeah. Yeah. When she's like berating him, right? Which one is it? This one right here. Uh, Oh yeah. She says, um, she says a Beretta for your seventh birthday, a Beretta, the pistol of princes. No boy could have asked for more. (laughs) And, um, but one thing that she does tell him is like, I mean, and you can t- tell like, I mean, you think of assassins or hitmen as like, you know, these like criminal people, but like for them, it's like, it's like a sense of honor, mm-hmm. like what they're doing. And so she tells him like, because he hasn't killed her in the allotted time that he needs to go back and like give them the money back and still kill the woman. Like for like, free. Yeah. For free. Because like that was his job and he should have done it. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's really weird. And then like to contrast that with her and then like the other hitman that, um, he doesn't like, um, is, is very interesting. And it, yeah. And then there's a scene like where even like Emily Blunt's character respects, him but doesn't respect freeman's character yeah and like in yeah. like and freeman's like gonna make uh uh this other guy like kill her and he's like he's like i can't i can't i can't kill you and she's like no i would rather you do it because you're the professional yeah yeah she's she's like <laughs> um, like what? yeah she she tells bill nye's character that she wants him to kill him because if anybody's gonna kill her she wants the best <laughs> the best <laughs> and freeman's character's like what yeah, yeah. you know um, but then they introduce like uh, so they send this other guy um, before they hire Martin Freeman the the guy that like has been cheated out of this money 
they send this uh, i think it's like one of his bodyguards or some or someone on his security detail to kill emily blunt's character and uh then we're introduced to um to rupert grint's character i forget his name but like all this i i always thought there was something i mean it legitimately just like nothing was up with this guy so um so then so what happens is this guy tries to kill um emily blunt's character and he gets shot by bill nye and so then um bill nye and emily blunt's characters are then um like uh held at gunpoint by this this other uh security detail bodyguard guy for the for the guy that she cheated out of all that money and then all of a sudden out of nowhere Rupert Grint's character just like shoots him like expertly like he doesn't want to kill him but like he just he has like this untapped talent for being like an assassin and he shoots this guy and from that very moment like I thought that like something was up with him but come to find out it just has like a natural ability like they even the mother thinks they're like this natural born, like uh, ability to be an assassin. And he mm-hmm. has it. Um, and even there's like a scene where they go to the hotel and they stay like down the hall from the guy that she cheated uh, out of all that money, unaware that they're staying down the hall. Well, when they notice that, you know, uh, Bill Nye and Emily Blunt's characters are staying down the hall, they send the guy down and he goes into the room and attacks Rupert Grint's character in the bathtub and then all of a sudden he does like this flip where he like flips him around and like shoots his ear off. And you're like, what, what is up with this guy? And that, and that's the only thing that like, I guess like I really, if I had one complaint about the movie, it would probably be that because it seems like, um, it's going somewhere. And that, and that, to me, that's like any like British comedy I've ever watched. There's always like a plot that se- plot point that seems like it's going somewhere and it just never is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and even like when he catches that one knife, like that the guy yeah, throws, yeah, yeah. it's like it's like he's like the super assassin or something. And, yeah, and he just has the talent. <laughs> at, yeah, and they never, yeah, it, it, they just never, they never give it to you. You know, yeah. they they kind of tell you that it's it's there, but they never give it to you. Well, and even uh, even Bill Nye's character is surprised when um, they so at, at some point in the movie they end up going to Bill Nye's house. Like out of the out of the city, it, it was a house that was passed down to him through his family, and um, they're practicing like target shooting him and uh, Rupert Grint's character, and um, he's kind of like it seems like he's lost the touch, and then Bill Nye's character kind of tells him, uh, you know, like he gives him this uh, almost like a mantra, but like basically checking everything like a stance. Um, you know how he has his elbow his wrist my favorite part of the line is like he's he's doing all that and he says if you if you have time to relax relax and then once you're done relaxing like like shoot him <laughs> and so like he does all that and like he makes like three perfect shots and bill nye's character is even impressed i think he says like it takes years for like well-trained assassins to get to that point but like you've done it in five minutes yeah like, so like there's something about this guy but like they never ever reveal like anything about it. like I thought for a while it was going to be like Bill Nye's like illegitimate son or mm-hmm. something like that. You know, and I thought that too. But I think that I think that that's what makes this movie fun and and we've talked about this in past past episodes is it's 
they they write they write the movie. It stands on its own. They leave things to chance. Kind of like what Chris Nolan did with uh, Inception at the end. It's like yeah, they leave it to you to decide what happens, and so you can just play around with it and make the movie what you want it to be. Well, and and that's also like a thing is like um, I've I've seen like a, a lot of like videos analyzing like British comedy compared to American comedy. And uh, basically, like, these are all generalizations. Like, there, there can be, like, you know, outliers and stuff. But, like, American comedies tend to, like, to wrap things up, like, in a, in a nice little neat bow. Everything comes to fruition and all that stuff. And a lot of British comedy likes to, you know, nothing ever completely wraps up, which is like real life. Like, real life, nothing ever completely wraps up. And, like, one, one thing that, you know, I think it's because I've watched a lot of American comedy. I am an American. So, um, you know, I, I have that bias, I guess. But in real life, like, somebody could just have a natural talent for something. <laughs> like, they don't have to be, like, from some special lineage or, like, um, have trained or be somebody's son or, or something like that. They should just, they could just be naturally talented at doing something. And I guess that's like kind of like I guess it boggles my brain watching the movie that like why wouldn't this plot point wrap up and like we reveal that like he's his son or like he's the son of the like other assassin or something like that Uh, or he's like working with the bad guys but no it's just he's good at it and that's like he just needs training and I mean it's basically like you know like Luke Skywalker like Luke Skywalker was good at something and all he needed was training. And, you know, before, like, it was revealed that, you know, Darth Vader was his father or something like that, um, you know, it, it was just Luke Skywalker was good. And, and you know, he was naturally talented in the Force, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it just, it's it's a fun movie. In fact, it, it's, it's one of those that uh, I probably won't watch it again within the next few weeks but I think that it's one of those that with I would say within the next three months I'm going to probably sit down and watch it again yeah yeah I'm, I'm really interested um, once I once I get my copy I definitely want to sit down and watch it one more time um, yeah I was trying to think of anything else really cool that um, that happened in the movie that I would, I would want to talk about um, um Oh, um, one of the, one of the, the funnier points of the movie that, um, I guess I, I thought it was funny. I don't know if you did when he's like chasing her through the street kind of, and, uh, he sees her walk into that dressing room and then he like pulls out his gun and like fires three shots off with like the silencer on it. And then he turns around and looks and sees her walking further down the street (laughs) And he realizes that he just like killed somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and yeah, and you never see the person like fall or anything. But yeah, you you realize. But yeah, it, it was it was funny. But you also saw like his character. You could tell like the yeah he did the wrong thing. Yeah, and 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 I think you know I'm glad you brought that up because I think that that's what started to lead to like his moral breakdown in his job. I think that that's what allowed him to start second guessing himself and why yeah. he didn't just just take her out like his contract said to because I think that that was where he was like what am I doing am I am I, am I making the right decisions or or what so I think it was everything together so again I think that that's where seeing the the character go through these things as you see their story um, develop through the progression of the movie 
I think uh, everything together just kind of it just kind of works. I, I don't know. It's one of those it's one of those fun movies that just kind of works. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, like you said, you know, it's it's no um, you know Oscar best no. picture nominee, but no, it's just fun. But but it's fun, and and, so, that's, and that's like, I and, and that's one thing. Like I I have like a metric, I guess, and I think you you have sort of the same metric for like watching a movie. I just like a movie doesn't have to be like the most deep and like you know thought-provoking movie like you know everyone i like i like vegetables and i want to eat vegetables all the time or, or for most of the time like with every meal but like sometimes i just want like the you know I, I want a piece of cake like something that i can enjoy and like you know it's it's fun like cake is fun <laughs> and like and this movie is fun it's not like the greatest movie of all time you know it's no like uh francis ford coppola movie but at the same time it's a fun movie I didn't feel like I wasted my time watching it. And, you know, that's that's kind of like really all I can ask for it. Like I can I can sit down and watch the Oscar nominated movies and like which one's the best and which one do I think, you know, is is the one they're going to choose. But like all the other there there's so many more movies that come out every year besides the, like the 10 that are nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, and not only that, but but I don't enjoy movies just by what's the best of the best when it comes to Oscars, right? Yeah. I, I mean, there, there's more to it than that. I mean, you know, I mean, for for crying out loud, I mean, uh, although I haven't seen it in years, I still remember thinking that Waterboy was a fun movie to watch. Oh yeah, Water Waterboy is. And is and again, fun. I haven't seen it in twenty years, but but I remember thinking that it was fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and that's the thing is like, I, and there are, movies can be thought provoking. They can you know have a message you know, and, and that's that's great. Like that really is great. There, some of the best movies are like really thought provoking, and you know, and that's why you have stuff like the Criterion Collection. You know, it's 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 really culturally important movie movies, and they're real like thought provoking, and they're you know they're they're good technical like masterpieces of art of movie, and then like you know you just have you know the five hundred other movies that come out every year that are just like super fun, you know I hopefully they don't waste my time, and uh, you know like I mean I think recently. I'm trying to think of like um, what movies we watched. Um, well, like Moon. Moon's kind of a thought-provoking movie, but it's also like a fun movie. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like um, Butter was like a fun movie. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters, not an Oscar nominee, mm-hmm. but like it's a fun movie, and I had fun watching it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I didn't, I didn't waste my time watching Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. You mm-hmm. know, so um, I think that like. Um, you know, movies like Wild Target, um, you know, they're they're just meant to, you know, be funny and like provide like a good like, you know, it's it's like a rom-com, you know, it's fun. It's about like assassins. So it's kind of got like your explosions element to it, like people shooting at each other and mm-hmm. and driving in fast cars and like, you know, trying to figure out what they're going to do, you know. So I, I really think it's a fun movie. Mm hmm. Yeah, so one of the things I wanted to ask you, because I, I went and I looked at the um, Rotten Tomatoes to see, you know, the reviews, and the reviews for this were kind of all over the place. What do you, yeah. what do you, what do you make of that on a, on a movie like this? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I could see that. Like, I, I really could see, like, them being all over the place. Um, I could see people not liking this movie uh, as well. 
Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know. Like I, I tend to not look at, um, the rotten tomato scores only because like it's, it's like a weird aggregation of like a bunch of movie opinions mm-hmm. that like, um, you know, there's certain movies that are like, everybody's going to like, and there are certain movies that like nobody's going to like. And then there's those movies in between. And usually, I, I mean, I think that, um, like the metric that Rotten Tomatoes takes like to where you have to get like a 70% to be considered like, what is it like certified fresh or whatever on Rotten Tomatoes? You know what? And I'm not, and I'm, I, I think that's ahead. too high. Like I really yeah. do. Like, I think if there's mixed, like if your movie has like 50% to me, that's like a mixed opinion. And I don't think that means like it's a bad movie necessarily. Mm-hmm. I just think like it got mixed reviews. So, so I'm going to tell you what I think about the tomato meter now. Um, and, I, I don't think I don't think it was this way ten years ago, but I do think it's this way now. So now that the world has went so social media where everybody, you know, everybody has a podcast, just like us, right? Yeah. Everybody has a Facebook account. Everybody has a Twitter handle. Everybody has a Rotten Tomatoes um uh, you know, it's it's like everybody wants their opinion out there. And I almost think sometimes when it comes to Rotten Tomatoes that people go, they read what everybody else says about the movie, and then they try to like one-up what other people say about it. (laughs) And so it's like if 10 people say it's bad and they write whatever they say, then, you know, the 11th person tries to like one-up it worse than that. And then the 12th person tries to one-up it worse than that. And so... I think that there's a lot of really good movies that just get a lot of people just trying to say, well, I can write a worse review than you can. Yeah. And, th- and that's what like, I, um, that, um, that was, that was what I really saw like in, um, the star Wars, the last Jedi. That's, that's like my big example is star Wars, the last Jedi. I remember for like two weeks, and I still enjoy the movie. I still I still think it's my favorite out of the trilogy that just came out. Um, and I think it it stands up there with, in my opinion, I think it stands up there with like the original three. Um, but I think that there was this there was this two weeks after the movie came out that everybody just like really liked the Last Jedi. I I, I heard no issues with the Last Jedi. I thought I. And I watched, I watched The Last Jedi. This is the only movie that I've ever done this with. So like, that's how much I enjoyed The Last Jedi. I watched The Last Jedi in the theaters. I want to say it was seven nights in a row. I went and watched The Last Jedi. Like I, I didn't even do that with The Force Awakens. I think The Force Awakens I saw twice, and Rise of Skywalker I saw once in the theater. But The Last Jedi, I went and saw seven times in a row. And I remember everybody just enjoying it and and loving it. And then after those two weeks, like, all of a sudden, I think everybody hated it. Like, I don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I think it became, like, fashionable to hate The Last Jedi. Um, well, and, and I think some of that comes from, like, you know, you watched your favorite YouTuber talk about it or, like... You know, and, and, and that's also, like, another thing about, like, movie reviews is, like, there are some very, very good, like, movie reviewers, like, at the New York Times and, like, 
what is it, the Chicago Tribune or, or something, or in the LA Times. Really good people that have been doing it like a long time and have a really good idea about, you know, movies and the technical side of movies. And, um, you know, I think like when they talk about the technical side, they're really knowledgeable and then they get to their opinion side and they're also really knowledgeable, but like, I think they present it from like the point of view that this is my opinion. And like, even though I don't think like you would like it, I think that you should check it out and form your own opinion. And they, and you know, people real, those people realize that like people are looking to them for their opinion and making up their opinion and, and using their words to justify why they liked or didn't like movies. Whereas like new movie reviewers like that are coming from like YouTube and Twitter and getting hired at these publications because they have like a hundred thousand followers or a million subscribers on, on YouTube that have never not not that you have to go to film school to be a movie reviewer or like you know all that stuff but like they wanted to start a movie podcast like we did and and I'm not saying like I'm the the arbiter of movies but like I I think I give movies more of a chance than than most people do uh and most like reviewers do but like I, I just think that those people that got hired that like didn't aren't aren't thinking about the fact that like people are actually like reading these reviews and like basing their opinion on reviews and, and they're just like it's all about like clicks and hot takes and I, I sound like like an old grandpa you know it's all about social media and clicks and hot takes and it's all bad and you should delete it forever but like I mean, some of that is true. Like, I think that, you know, people are trying to have the hottest takes out there and like, it's the most extreme opinions. And they're like, you know what? I'm going to say it. The emperor strikes back. The empire strikes back was actually bad, you know? And then you'll have like a hundred thousand people that are like, you know what? Actually, yeah, the return of the Jedi was better. And so like, I mean, you're, you're altering these opinions because like everybody just wants to have like the hottest spiciest takes in the world but um you know i i don't know i think that like that is tainting the um and i don't think i'm the only one that has this opinion either like but even between us like um i think that you know like movie reviews and and like the the film industry is like worse off for people wanting to have hot takes because if you look at the rise of skywalker like the reason the rise of Skywalker was the way it was is because of the fan outcry against the last Jedi. You know, I think that, you know, movie, movie studios are being influenced by more than ever by, you know, public opinion. And that can be for better or for worse. I mean, you look at Sonic the Hedgehog, you know, I think that most people would consider that, you know, uh, quote unquote cyberbullying for good, you know, but um, but then you look at something like Rise of Skywalker where it just ended up being kind of a mess of a movie because um, you know fans bullied you know the studios into like that they just didn't like the movie, and that's what I even think about like the Snyder Cut. I think like I mean yeah the market demands it and that's like the free market working, but like. When else would you ever see a movie come out besides like a director's cut? This isn't a director's cut. This is like 
a whole new movie like new scenes were shot like all kind like new uh, like assets were added to like visual effects and stuff like that where i mean when else would you have got that like in the 1980s if everybody saw et and was like i don't like that i wish that like the original director would have come back and like remade his own movie so now we can have like this whole fan uh schism over like which is the real et movie like that would have never happened. Like that, they would have been like, "No, it's a movie. Like, watch the movie. If you don't like it, you don't like it. If you do, you do." And we're just gonna move on and make more movies. But like now, you have this whole like Snyder cut thing because the fans were like, "Oh, you know, it's it's like FOMO essentially." And I know I'm going like on a, on a thousand tangents, but it's like FOMO. Like you know, they they were like, "Oh, this movie was bad," but like. Zack Snyder worked on it for four months. Like if he would have kept working on it, it would have been like the perfect movie of all time after they were just like complaining about how bad like Batman V Superman was. And like the, I I don't think the general public really liked man of steel. So they were like, Oh, you know, I think really what it was, was like, they thought that justice league was going to be their Avengers. And because it wasn't, they wanted to blame the guy that like, which don't get me wrong, Joss Whedon, uh, like some, you know, some things came about about how he treated people on set and stuff like that. And it probably, you know, wasn't the best situation. But, um, but like, I just don't think that like Zack Snyder is going to make it any better if you didn't like Man of Steel and Batman v Superman. Like, I, I don't, I don't think, I think your hopes are misplaced, I guess. And like, if you like this the Snyder cut, that that's great. I'm I'm happy for you, but like, I'm 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 happy you got the movie you wanted. But like, I just think that it's weird that like, there was such a fan outcry for a movie that just absolutely didn't exist until like two months ago. Yeah. Well, and and, and again, that's the that's the world of social media, and that's how the world has changed, and that's why uh, everything looks different. That's why we don't have you know. When look back at the movies of the eighties and the nineties. I mean, even go further back. Look at the movies of the seventies. Look at the movies of the seventies and eighties and nineties. I mean, that was, in my opinion, that was almost like the sweet spot of Hollywood because oh yeah, because you don't have as many movies from like the two thousands that are really something that people go back to and watch over and over and over again. Yeah, and I think there, I think there's a couple movies that that people go back to, but there's. I think there's significantly more movies from the 70s, 80s, and 90s that people will go back to and watch. And I have a feeling that, like, you know, like, I think we're fixing to get into, like, uh, we, we've already gone through 80s nostalgia. I think we're fixing to get into, like, 90s nostalgia. And then, you know, in 2030, you'll start seeing, like, references to, like, was she's all that a, a early two thousands movie? I think it was either ninety nine or two thousand, yeah, two thousand one. She, she's all that. Or, I don't remember. Um, what was the one? The cheerleading movie. Uh, what was? Uh, bring it on. Yeah, bring it on. Yeah. Like you'll start, you'll start seeing references to stuff like that, and the and the the two thousand movies. We'll get to we'll get to see all the movies that like we thought were like lost to the sands of time. Like they'll they'll come back. Because, they'll reemerge. Like, yeah, you'll have you'll have early aughts, you know, nostalgia movies. Just like, um, what is it? Captain Marvel is like the first, like, this was the 90s movie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, we got to see, like, all the, like, oh, you know, 
this is what everybody wore in the 90s like mm-hmm. this is you know everybody had this shirt and we all wore this and, and you know, this is and, how we talked and, yeah i love hey, that opening yeah i love that opening scene with blockbuster in fact captain marvel i think we talked about this in the last episode like our favorite uh marvel movies like in, in the way that we we talked about them but anyway I, I still think the opening scene of Captain Marvel is one of my favorite scenes in all of those movies because of the blockbuster. Yeah, yeah, and um, but that's, but that's the thing is like that's how nostalgia works. Like mm-hmm. you know, um, and that and that's like you know we're gonna see more of that. We're gonna see like and it's and it's gonna hit better for you because like you, uh, you were born in the eighties. Like I mean, I guess you like I call myself a nineties kid, but I wasn't like. Um, all there and like remember stuff until like the early 2000s and that's where a lot of like my cultural references come from mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's like stuff that came out from like 1998 to like 2005 2006 so um yeah i mean that that's that's kind of like you're all of the 90s stuff because you became like an older child to like teenager is gonna hit harder for you than it is for me whereas like 2030 is probably going to be like where all the references to like I don't know Dexter's yeah, I was laboratory a, I, comes from. Yeah, like, I, I was a I was a teenager in the early 90s. Yeah, and so yeah, so I lived my childhood in the 80s. I lived my teenage years in the in the 90s. You know, um, so so it was it. Yeah, it, it, it's weird. I was like that in between kid. Yeah, yeah, and well, and that's the uh, because. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to give away like your age or anything if you don't want to talk about it. But what what year were you born? Eighty one. Eighty one. I, w- I was born in ninety two. So like I think like it, it's kind of this weird like um, like thing to where like you did. I did grow up for most of the nineties. Like that. Like eight years of my life were in the nineties. But like I remember more coming into like the two thousands than mm-hmm. I do like because like. In, in my day, uh, when I was growing up, in my day, <laughs> um, I was watching, because, like, Cartoon Network wasn't, like, really a thing yet. Uh, Nickelodeon was still doing reruns, and Disney Channel was still doing reruns. And, and that's why I have, like, really such an affinity for, like, 80s, like, pop culture uh, more yeah, than you, anything else. Yeah, you this, grew up when everybody had cable. I, I, I grew up when we heard about yeah. <laughs> people like getting cable. Well, well, and the thing was is like the the ninety early nineties kids growing up have this weird like cultural like like uh, pop cultural type references because like when we grew up for our childhood most because like Nickelodeon and and Disney Channel and and um, what was it? Um, Cartoon Network were really like coming into their heyday and like starting up. Um, all they had for a long time was like reruns of like cartoons from the eighties, and so like we grew up on like eighties TV shows with like some nineties stuff. But like m- like I remember like my mom was like, yeah, like uh, I know what Ducktales was like from the eighties. And I was like, yeah, I, I grew up watching DuckTales. <laughs> like, you know, so it's, it's kind of this weird, like, um, like the nineties is kind of like backwards and, and sort of like what people watched because we didn't have all like new original stuff yet. You know, it was all like old stuff from the eighties that they were just like trying to make money off of again by showing them to 
a whole new generation of kids. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And when DuckTales has changed, uh, hearing you talk about that, because I know that uh, one of my sons watches this this modern recreation oh, yeah. of DuckTales. I, I love the new DuckTales. Yeah, it's, like, it's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, which is which is crazy. It's it's crazy that like it's almost like nostalgia has gotten like crunched down because like I was surprised at how soon we got like a um like a sequel to like Jurassic Park, like mm-hmm. with Jurassic World. It came mm-hmm. out earlier than it should have. It should have come out in the 2020s. Mm-hmm. And then um like even DuckTales, DuckTales should have come out. Well, uh, DuckTales was an 80s cartoon, but like DuckTales should have come out like either, you know, now or in the twenties. Um, and so it's weird to see like, and and I think some of that is because of that weird like time for like 20 years, kids cartoons were like played to kids of the eighties and then kids of the nineties. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know, like maybe eighties nostalgia will last a little bit longer. Yeah. Because I, I, I think, I think you're right. I think it might, but they, you just reminded me. Uh, so, so yeah, the original Jurassic park, that was 93 when right. it, when it came out. And, uh, you know, I remember the billboards for that were plastered everywhere forever. I mean, forever. Yeah. And the McDonald's went on and on. I mean, I'm talking about before we ever saw a trailer. We had no idea what we were going to see. Yeah. We had no idea. And I still remember standing in line uh, for uh, at, at Six Flags to go ride some roller coasters and people talking about they had just seen Jurassic Park and they were telling us play-by-play of the movie. And uh, it, and it, was, it was insane. Uh, I mean, we just could not wait to, to get an opportunity to see it because it, it, it changed like just movie making. It had changed oh, yeah. everything. Yeah. hundred But what, what's, and, and I, and I liked the second one they made. I mean, even though it was kind of weird, uh, the lost world, I d- didn't really care for the third one, but I did like the, the two remakes that they've done. Uh, the, the Jurassic world movies. I, I really, I did like both of those. I liked the second one, um, more than the first one. Um, but I, I was, I was looking at something interesting. I didn't know, um, if, um, you would find this interesting or not. I was like, cause they, when you, I recently got the, uh, it's called the Jurassic world collection or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I I was very interested as like, why didn't they call it the Jurassic park collection? Mm -hmm. Like there's more movies called like Jurassic park, but, uh, I don't know. I just found it interesting that like. There's more movies in the Jurassic Park franchise that have the word world in them than park. <laughs> yeah. Like there's there's two that have Jurassic Park and then one's the Lost World and then Jurassic World and mm-hmm. then Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought that was like a little interesting tidbit. <laughs> yeah. No, and it will be interesting to see what they continue to do with that. But, I, you know, uh, the the thing that I think is, is wild when I think about those movies, though, is... You did not, even though the two uh, Jurassic World movies were, were decent movies, you did not see Dinosaur Mania take over the world like you did with the original Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah. No, ab- absolutely not. And then, like, even, like, I don't know when Dinosaurs came out, the show, but it was pretty close to, like, that time when, like, dinosaurs were, like, and then, like, Disney made a movie yeah, it seems called like it Dinosaur. was 90, 91, something like that. Yeah. So, like, I don't know what it was about, like, dinosaurs back then. But one one thing that I did, um, like, so there was this one criticism that I heard of, of Jurassic World that I actually, like, think is, like, a valid criticism. And, um, and that, like, Jurassic World preys on your nostalgia in a way that, like, 
it seems lifeless. And that and that's kind of what how I felt about Jurassic World because they do go to the old park and like all that stuff and like the the T-Rex saves the day. Like that's the it's the original T-Rex. But um one specific point that um I thought was like really valid is like when the main like Jurassic Park theme like not the one that's like that that's like I like that theme too, but the one where it's like real slow and like swelling and it's like so um that one is first played and it's played to like great like um you know success is when they first see the dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Like when like you have that scene where like Sam Neill's like he like slowly is like taking off his glasses and he like turns Laura Dern's head mm-hmm. and like they're like I mean I think there's one point where like Sam Neill's character uh, um uh Dr. Grant is that his name mm-hmm. uh, and uh he like falls on the ground and is like almost like passed out like at disbelief of like the dinosaurs so good and then like um and then he's like uh he's like my my dear dr grant welcome to jurassic park and then Mm -hmm. like you see like him like he's like wide-eyed like staring at all these dinosaurs and that theme is just so powerful like i i can't tell you like john williams man i either like get misty-eyed or like full-on cry every time i see that scene it's just it's like the music and like the effects like hold up so well Mm -hmm. like it's it's insane how well those effects hold up yeah um but like then you you transition to jurassic world and um the first time they use that music is when he runs out and he looks at the park and it's just the park. It's like the stores. It's like the mm-hmm. Verizon store. Like, and it's not even the dinosaurs. Like, you don't see dinosaurs like at all. So, like, this kid is just excited to be at this park. Mm-hmm. Like, compared to like Dr. Grant, who's a paleontologist, like seeing live dinosaurs for the first time. And it's the first time the audience are seeing live dinosaurs for the first time. And, like, that music is, like, used, like, I mean, it means something in the first one. And the second one, it doesn't mean anything. It's just like, hey, remember this song? Yeah, yeah, no. (laughs) No, yeah, and you're right. I mean, it's it's, it's bringing that that magic, that magic that you experienced for the very first time. And they they do a very, very good job of it. You know, you got to give it to them. Well, and, the, and that's the thing is like, you know, you got to um, like with nostalgia because nostalgia can be like good or it can be bad. Mm-hmm. And um, like I, I think like Jurassic World, in my opinion, does like nostalgia bad. But like uh, something like Stranger Things does like nostalgia pretty well. You know, I keep like, hearing that and I and I still uh, I've, I've only watched the first uh, season of Stranger Things and I, I do, I need to go back and watch uh, the set. I think I've watched the first two or three episodes of the second season. And I've just, I've never went back. Uh, and and it's, with me, it's, it's just time. It's just, you know. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a, it is definitely a, a time consuming, um, like, series. I mean, it's mm-hmm. three seasons, especially if you didn't watch it, like, when it came out. Like, I was a year behind when it came out. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, like there's ways to do nostalgia right and there's way to ways to do it to where it's like um oh hey, remember this, you know? Um and, and that's uh, and that's like 
that's the nostalgia that I don't like is like the, oh, hey, remember, like even I think Captain Marvel falls prey a little bit to that where it's like, oh, hey, remember this song that came out in the 90s? <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's like even, um, even like X-Men, like I don't want to rag on Captain Marvel because like Captain Marvel gets enough like grief from fans. Um, but like even like X-Men Apocalypse, I think where like um they're trying to like make a joke but like also be nostalgic at the same time they go to see return of the jedi Mm -hmm. and they're like um like oh i forget what the basically they come out and they're like yeah this this was kind of bad and they're like yeah everyone knows that the the third one is always the worst one which is like a joke about like x-men apocalypse but also like if i if i remember like reading reviews and like stuff like correctly I think the last Jedi was like the more popular one around Mm -hmm. the time that it came out. So it's not even like, like time period correct in their joke, but like, but it's also, I don't know. I think they also like throw songs in there. They're like, ah, remember this song? Like they threw in, uh, what was it? Sweet dreams by the Eurythmics. Yeah. He goes and saves uh, when Quicksilver comes in. And, and this is something I've seen like a few other people have this opinion, but I did come to this opinion on my own Quicksilver when he comes to, and I know we're like, we're probably over time. I don't know, but like Quicksilver, I I, I could talk about nostalgia all day, but when Quicksilver comes to save everybody, when like the mansion is exploding, he has been wearing a rush shirt for the whole movie, right? Like basically the whole movie, he's wearing this rush shirt. And, like, Time in a Bottle is, like, a great, like, when you first get introduced to, like, how Quicksilver's power works in, uh, what was it, uh, Days of Future Past? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, like, when Time in a Bottle play, it's a cool song, and it works with the scene. Um, and then they use the Eurythmics to uh, do this one, and it makes no sense. Like, what, like... Uh, sweet dreams are made of the like who am I to disagree like that that makes no sense to like anything that's going on in the song he's wearing a rush shirt and there's a rush song called time stand still and like why didn't they use that one (laughs) and it works like I I, like I this is how like sure like I was about this I did an edit to where I replaced the song with time stand still and it works perfectly like, I think they actually originally had that song and maybe they couldn't get the rights or something because it works better with like the cues and the beats and like how the chorus is laid out. And like, it just works like 100% better. It's it's insane. Like, I don't know why they didn't do it. And only like if they specifically chose that song to like, that was their first like song of choice, like by the Sweet Dreams by the Eurythmics. Mm-hmm. To me, that's just like, oh, hey, look at this song that came out in the 1980s. Like, don't you like this song? Hey, guys, we got this thing for you. Like, don't you remember this? <laughs> well, yeah, and I think some somewhat it's about their ability to go back and sell CDs, sell music. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, I mean, because <laughs> because it's all about money at the end of the day, too. I mean, they're, they're giving you a product, but they're always taking something from you at the same time, right? Right. Um, yeah. No, but th- but this is good, I, and, and you just made me think we, we need to at some point do an episode where we talk about things like this. But, yeah, you, you're right. We're, like, way over time. Yeah. Uh, but I think that the movie, movie review was good, and then I think that, I mean, this is, that, that was a nice way to finish up this podcast. And, uh, 
I know that the listening audience out there in podcast land is just as surprised that we are that we've had back-to-back episodes. So uh, yeah, you know, I can't yeah, think, I think of a better way to end it. I think we're going to talk about back-to-back episodes forever. So uh, <laughs> at least until we like break our streak, which I hope we don't. But um, do you, do you have anything else to say before we we shut her down? No, no. All right. Well, yeah, we've we've gone over a little bit, but um, I hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to to like us on Facebook and and uh, follow us on all your favorite podcast streaming apps, whichever one you listen to. And um, we'll see you next week. Goodbye, everybody.